Welcome back, hockey fans, to another edition of This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. I'm your guest host, Bill Berg. Uh, with me is Del Scanlon, Bill Berg Jr. Uh, MJ Hammett is still on assignment, and we have another guest. Well, actually the same guest as we had last week, uh, Tony Menard um, from the Chippewa Falls Menominee uh, girls hockey team. And I think we're going to get things started off by recapping, uh, if you will, the uh, talking about the the just concluded the inaugural, if you want, uh, Wisconsin Prep Hockey Girls Holiday Classic tournament that was just last week in Chippewa Falls. Uh, I was there at the tournament with uh, my assistant, uh, Brett Clays. We had a wonderful time. Um, I got to tell you that you're uh, the, the people you have there in Chippewa Falls, uh, the group in the scores booth, um, you, you guys that uh, do the double duty of watching the penalty box and, and helping the Zamboni, um, even the, the concession stand people, everybody was just just uh, first rate uh, people. Uh, they didn't they didn't get mad at me in the, 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 the scores booth. And every time they announced a goal, I had to open the door and go back. And say, uh, who is that? You know, how do you spell that? Um, uh, no, they, they they put up with me. It was we, we had a great time. Uh, both of us did there. Uh, the tournament went well, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you so much. I know it was a big effort um, on all the volunteers, which were just family members uh, of, of the girls on the team, both varsity and JV parents kind of tried to take turns working shifts when uh, their daughters weren't uh, playing or had an opportunity to. So I know um, it could gets to be a long day when you host a, a tournament like that. Uh, I think I was here 15 hours the first day, 12 hours the second day, something like that. And I know a lot of the parents were uh, on board with that too. So uh, it takes a lot of people and a lot of moving parts to work together to make sure that a tournament like that can run smoothly. And, uh, you know, for the most part, everything went according to plan, had a couple overtime games, uh, but still, I think we still were pretty close to being on schedule throughout the whole tournament, which was, um, you know, always one of the biggest things you don't want to be having that last game, uh, on Saturday or the first, first day of the tournament end up starting at nine 30, 10 o'clock, which sometimes can happen if you get a lot of games that go into overtime. Yeah. Even the, the, the championship game went into overtime and it, it delayed, uh, Brett and I, uh, you know, heading to Manny's for dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, we, we still got there in plenty of time. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they, they were still open, uh, and, and we, we had, you know, we, a lovely dinner, um, but, but that championship game, I mean, that was, that was, uh, that, that was, that was quite a game that uh, had, well, had everything, well, except, you know, scoring because um, mm-hmm. there were, you know, there were good goaltending at the end of that too. Um, uh, Fox city scored in the first period, uh, Bay area tied it up in the third um, five on five, uh, no scoring, very interesting three on three. Um, and there was actually a two on O break and one of the uh, Fox Valley players, uh, you know, threw her stick to try to break up the play, you know, which mm-hmm. resulted in a, in a penalty shot as it, as, as it would be. Um, but uh, goaltender stopped that um, and it went to a shootout and only, only one player scored in, in the, the shootout five from each team. And um, yeah, it was a very exciting game. Yeah. yeah. You know, for, from my standpoint, watching it, when it went into the three on three for uh, the Green Bay Fox Cities game, I really thought, you know, you get a lot of talent uh, from both teams out there and a lot of open ice. 
Uh, I really thought it was going to end in that three on three and to see those girls battle, the goalies kind of step up and make some big plays um, in that three on three was really, really fun to watch. There's a lot of energy, I think on both benches. Um, and, you know, to be honest, looking at those two teams um, and even Fond du Lac over the tournament, that's going to be a fun sectional to see how that plays out um, come February. Well, yeah, that, uh, yeah, the East, you get a look at the Eastern Core, Eastern Shores Conference Championship. Uh, they may meet again there, Section Four Conference Championship. Um, you know, we didn't, we don't do a, didn't do like a, an all uh, tournament team, but I, I took down some, just, just some of the, the players that, that kind of stood out that, that I saw. Um, well, from that championship game, um, well, the, the, Fox cities, they're two big guns. Uh, I mean, everybody knows of, you know, Grace Rentmeester and Michaela Zillish, but actually watching, well, not, not just watching, but listening to them on the ice. They are just in constant communication with, with each other on the ice, um, like planning and, and just setting each other up. Um, another one on that team on their second line is uh, Malaya Streck. Um, she is just constantly moving just a, a dynamo and just, just relentless on the attack. And she just, she just never stops. Um, you know, the, the kind of, well, uh, yeah, you get to the higher level, you know, they call like one, you know, somebody had the, the center on the energy line that just, you know, wears the other team out and draws penalties and just pisses everybody off. But she, yeah, constantly, constantly going. Um, Riley Springer uh, of Hayward. She, she's a force on the ice all the time. Um mm-hmm. Uh, and, and well, yeah, on, on Black River Falls, Lexi Hagen, um, mm-hmm. also just, just solid. Th- those were kind of some of the forwards that, that I, I thought stood out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All, all really good players. Um, you know, it's when they get in that tournament kind of situation and kind of, you start to see, uh, the girls that have been around hockey a while, the girls that understand the game, um, and how they're able to, um, play it really, really smart in a three-game situation. Um, I know we talked about it last week uh, about what the legs might feel like going in that second day. But if you have smart players that are able to anticipate um, and play a smart game, uh, you know that that's why you're going to see those close games and those championships where um, you know Fox Cities and Bay Area both had had players that knew how to get through uh, a game uh, efficiently throughout the week uh, or the the two days of the tournament and um, it made for a really fun championship game. Um, but, uh, you know, also a couple other close games uh, during the tournament too. I know in that first round, Eau Claire and Rock County had a battle that went into the shootout. Um, you know, our game was pretty close there for a little bit with uh, um, Fonda or the Warbirds um, ended up getting an empty net goal round two. Uh, we went into overtime with Black River Falls um, and then our game against Hudson or Hayward was pretty close too. And so there was a lot of good battles, I think. Um, and that's what we wanted. That's what we tried to set that bracket up for uh, is to make sure that we had some, some good competition for everybody um, to come away with uh, some uh, things that they were happy about during the tournament, but also find some things they can work on moving forward. Well, yeah. And you, you mentioned Rock County and, and you had talked last week, um, you know, when you're playing, you know, three games in two days, it really, you know, points up the need to have, you know, at least three lines, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that you can throw out there. And well, I mean, Fox or Rock County didn't have three full lines to throw out there, 
And then right at the very first game, they end up going, you know, two overtimes. Um, so, you know, it, it really kind of set them back right from the first game. And I don't know if they ever really caught up. It just seemed like the, they just kind of lost momentum, you know, after that. But uh, yeah, well, one of the things, I mean, everybody knows. Yeah. I mean, you, you can look at the stats and see, you know, you know, uh, Zilich and Rent Meester and those, but I like watching the, the, the defenders, um, out there. Um, you had one, uh, Emily Berg, who for some reason has a H at the end of her name that really doesn't really do anything. Um, but you know, her and the, and Sierra Steele, who's not up for, for Black River Falls, not very big, but, mm-hmm. but, but play moves the puck well. And then when I was, you know, putting the, the photo galleries together, doing the warbirds, I just kept seeing uh, 22, 20, every picture is like 22. It's like LSB, so there's, you know, she, she's like everywhere. I don't, I don't know if they have, mm-hmm. um, you know, Ted Lasso fans, or I could see the, the Roy Kent chant. You know, she's here, she's there, she's every effing where. Um, LSB is just all over the ice. I mean, she is solid player, you know, for the warbirds. So, um, you know, they, they may not always show up in the, well, actually I think Spees does show up in, in the scoring categories, but a lot of good defense played, uh, besides mm-hmm. just the forwards. Yeah, really good. Um, you know, those three names that you named off, off right there, um, they definitely stand out and when they get their opportunities, they're able to help their team out quite a bit. And, um, you know, you look at a girl like Ella, um, on that Fond du Lac team or uh, Warbirds team, you know, she's got the ability to, you know, help them uh, on the score sheet just as much as she does in the defensive zone. And, you know, you pair that up with some good goaltending that Fond du Lac or the Warbirds have right now. And, and, you know, it's really going to be interesting to see how that section plays out. Um, You know, they got a a big confidence win against Central Wisconsin, I think, going into the tournament. Uh, And, and, you know, they played played really well in the tournament. So if, if they're able to keep that going, keep you know, they're a pretty young team overall. So if they're able to keep, you know, getting better, um, it's really going to be fun to see that, you know, I, we've talked about it, you know, last year, um, you know, our section, section one uh, was very competitive top to bottom. You know, I think it's still pretty competitive this year, um, but the talent wise, you, you know, when you look at that section four, there's a lot of talented individuals and talented teams over there. So it's going to be fun to, fun to watch to see all that plays out. And then, you know, as far as the, the, the future goes, I mean, there were some, there were some good freshmen mm-hmm. uh, playing in, in, in that tournament. Uh, Hayward had a couple, um, mm-hmm. uh, Reese Sheehan and uh, Michaela Reinke. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for, for the Warbirds, um, Allison Wara, I think she was number 21. She was in the pictures all the time too. She always seemed to have the puck. Um, yeah, some, some good freshmen. So more talent, you know, on, on the way coming up. Um, we also got our, our well, you, you know, the, where we were taking pictures from, right just outside the, the scores with right above one of the benches. Um, you know, so we got to hear, you know, the coaches on the benches. Um, and a couple of teams just, just stood out uh, the way their coaches um, operated. Um, I was really taken with Hayward. Um, Emily Stark and her staff, uh, Tom Duffy and Meredith Ingebretson. I mean, when the players are on the ice, they're just yelling encouragement to them. When they get off the ice, giving them instructions, you know, you know how when you, you did a nice job of supporting along the boards there, but when the puck's in our zone, you got to be on the defensive side. Notice coaching and instructing when they're on the ice, not just, you know, on the bench yelling. 
Um, and Brett, well, Brett, Brett was pretty much taken with uh, the Eau Claire, the, the Eau Claire area stars, uh, Tom Bernard and, and his staff, <laughs> basically the same thing. Um, you, on the other hand, were on the opposite bench. You had, that was yep. your bench. So we never got to hear mm -hmm. you, you guys yep. interact. Yep. Um, but I'm sure it was the same. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, the, the, the other, the, the comment that, I don't know, I don't know somehow, uh, Chris McGurk always ends up getting talked about here, but when, when, when the player uh, threw, threw her stick on, on that, that breakaway, you know, when, when she came back, the, the, the closest to a negative I heard out of, out of, out of McGurk was, you know, when he just, how long have you been playing hockey? It's <laughs> not ever a good idea in all the time mm -hmm. you played hockey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that was kind of an interesting situation on that uh, penalty shot, throwing the stick and everything. And, you know, uh, three on three, you're, you know, I think it was turned into a two on all for, for um, Bay Area there. And it ended up working out in Fox City's favor, went into the, obviously the shootout and they were able to get the puck of the net. But just, it's a good group of coaches when it comes to the tournament. You know, Emily, I think she's in her second or third year now um, as the head coach up there in Hayward. And, you know, it's going through the pandemic last year, um, probably, you know, it made it interesting for everybody. Um, so to see her and what she's been able to do with a young team with some really good talent, um, you know, it, it's been a battle for us. I know when we we played them last two, you know, this year and last year, we played them four times. We're two and two. Um, they're, they're definitely a competitive team. And looking at Coach Bernhardt, um, he's been coaching a long, long time uh, in the WIA for, for both boys and girls hockey. Um, he was actually my coach, my freshman through junior year at Eau Claire North. Um, so we have a pretty good relationship with coach Bernhardt. Um, he, um, you know, obviously this year, they're a pretty young team, uh, a lot of new people in that situation. So, um, you know, in that situation, you got to be able to coach up your players, uh, whenever you get a chance. Um, and you got to take a little bit different approach, um, on what your expectations are and you got to make sure that you're, you know, you're working and you're trying to make the most of every opportunity with, uh, new players in different situations. Yeah, and you, you might, we, we, yeah, that that penalty shot, and that somehow I, I skipped over one of the the players I, I had on my list. here was uh, the player who took that penalty shot was Michaela uh, Spedger, um, uh for the Ice Bears number two. Um, yep. Watch uh, a very Datsukian uh, player. She can handle mm -hmm. the puck. She tied she tied the game for the Ice Bears. She, picked up the puck in the neutral zone and pretty much went around all five uh, of the Fox City skaters and then got in on the goaltender and drew the goaltender off to the left and then cut to the right and, and, and put the puck into the empty net, which could very well have been on the goaltender's mind on that penalty shot because the goalie stayed very back, very far back in the net thinking she's going to try to go around me and if I'm back on the goal line, there's nowhere for her to go. And that's what, that's what happened on the, on the penalty shot. And that's also what happened on, on the, the shootout, um, tried mm -hmm. going around a goaltender who, you know, was already at the back of the net. So there was nowhere to go. So, uh, mm -hmm. the goaltender learned from it and, and that paid off for her as well. Yeah. Go ahead. Go for it. No, you well, can go. I said, well, next year you said this, this tournament is going to move to, uh, the Warbirds are going to host and they're going to host it in Fond du Lac. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, 
you know, with the tournament, when it was really set up the three and three, it was pretty easy to kind of just have your tournament kind of do what we did. Um, and everybody would get a turn kind of hosting, but now that is more in this bracket style. We have the eight teams and we're still looking to keep it on the two days. Uh, main reason why we like the two days is just, you know, we want the kids to still enjoy, you know, some of their break being with their families. Um, you know, you see a lot of these tournaments that go three days. Um, and you know, if you're a traveling team and you got an early, you know, game that won the first day, you're going to have to end up probably having four days uh, worth of tournaments. So, um, you know, we got to remember that these kids are high school athletes. Um, you know, some of these kids aren't getting a lot of, a lot of rest, um, if they're three sport athletes and, you know, just being able to give them more opportunities to be at home over break, I think, uh, you know, really sets up this tournament to be more unique and, um, it's, it's been a good group of coaches, good group of players over the years, and it's definitely had some good competitive games. So it was really awesome to see the championship game go into a shootout, um, and really kind of see, uh, what some of these teams are going to look like. I know after we got done seeing, you know, Bay area and Fox cities play, you know, we had talked with the girls and said, Hey, you know, that that's the measuring stick right there. Um, yeah, and we, we ended up actually going over our last two games, we play Bay area on a Friday and Fox cities on a Saturday. So, um, you know, it's going to be a good measuring stick. I think for anybody in the state, uh, you know, that have high expectations is, you know, if, you, if you're able to compete with Bay area and Fox cities right now, um, you know, you're going to be feeling pretty good about yourselves. Dell or Bill, you guys got any, uh, questions? Comments, observations. Now, I, I want to go back well, to so. the. I want to go back to the two on zero that turned into a, a, a penalty shot. <clears throat> you never encourage a player to throw their stick. It's a, it can be a dangerous penalty, but she did turn a two on zero into a one on zero with that without putting a person in the box. Well, at, at that that's that's what I thought initially, but as I was going through the pictures. I think they actually got the shot off on the two on oh, and the whistle came after that. So she didn't really break it up. The, oh. the, her, her stick missed. You were down, you were down in that corner. Yeah. I was down in the corner at, uh, it was kind of like a bang, bang. It seemed like the stick was coming. They kind of almost seems like they knew it was coming, got the shot off right as the stick almost was starting to make contact. So, um, would have affected it either way. I, who knows? But um, you know, it led. It definitely led for some interesting conversations, some interesting uh, things. You look at that game. I'm looking at it right now. I think there was only four penalties uh, for the whole uh, first five periods of play. Or sorry, that would be five penalties uh, for the first five periods. Which um, you know, they they were actually were you know both coaches were pretty happy with how the refs officiated that game and kind of just let them play it out and didn't want to take the game too much into their own hands and. Um, you know, when you got two good teams like that, you kind of, you want them to settle it five on five as much as possible. Yeah, there really wasn't. I mean, as, as a former, there was some stuff that they could have called a little bit of hooking, a little bit of tripping, but I mean, the stuff that was blatant, what was called, mm -hmm. um, you know, so yeah, for a championship game, it was, it was, it was, it was very good game, um, mm -hmm. all around. It was just like I say, it was an excellent tournament. Brett and I had a lot of fun. Um, got cold, <laughs> especially, yeah. especially 
Tuesday, you know, like, yeah, mm-hmm. we, were, we were up there for like 14 hours on, on mm-hmm. Tuesday also. So, um, yeah, but it was, it was, yeah, it was a fun trip. Just want to thank you guys so much for coming up and covering it. It's, uh, it's really good. I think way for, um, you know, there's the Culver's cup too on the girls side. There's a couple really nice tournaments, uh, in the state of Wisconsin for, for girls hockey. And, um, it's really nice to kind of promote it and get, uh, you know, the good hard work that these girls put in each year um out in the news a little bit more um just you know with there being not as many girls teams and there's more boys teams you know oftentimes the girls feel a little bit left out just on some of the you know news stuff that they see whether it's on the tv or in the newspaper um and i think you guys do a good job um each and every year of making sure you you highlight uh as much as you do uh, about the girls game and i know it's appreciated by the coaches association and everything that you guys do for it so um, really excited for uh, to see where this tournament can go in the future and some other things that we can adjust to make it even uh, a better tournament uh, in the years to come. So thanks, thanks so much for the coverage and uh, what you guys uh, did for the tournament. Well, I say you're going to be hard pressed to make it a better tournament because um, I, I thought it was pretty good as it was. So great job. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. And uh, I'll let you guys get on with your podcast. So thanks right. so much. Thank you, coach. All right, back to our regularly scheduled programming. I guess that covers our uh, games of the week. Yeah, um, I was yeah I was hoping to be able to go to uh, Green Bay on Thursday um, after spending the two days in Chippewa Falls, but I had a whole lot of photo galleries to put up and uh, not a whole lot of energy, so I didn't get over there. Um, yeah, I mean two two full days in a hockey rink at sixty four. It's going to take a lot of energy out of you. It wasn't 64 in the rink. It was colder than that. No, the year age. Oh, okay. Uh, Dell, oh. you were kind of keeping track of some of the other tournaments. What kind of stood out? Well, you know, the Monks battle for the cheeseburger. Uh, there are some good games in that one. But when it came down to the championship game, it was a rematch of the season opener for both Rapids and RWD. Um, Rapids was able to take the season opener and RWD came back with a little bit of revenge and uh, claimed the championship game there. Uh, I mean, that was a good game, good tournament going on. They had some good games uh, throughout it. uh, And they did have uh, La Crescent from Minnesota in it. But um, West Salem, that one had an interesting opening game, Amory against Wanakee. You know, two teams had a, having a good opening part of the season. And Wanake came out of that with a 5-1 victory. And then West Salem uh, beat Northland Pines. And so West Salem and Wanake met in the championship game. And Amory and Northland Pines in this consolation game. So, you know, some good competition going on there. Uh, uh Junior, did you get a chance to see any of the animal tournament at all on Live Barn? Um, <clears throat> no, I didn't get a chance to watch any of it. I followed along as it was happening, but I didn't, you know, I didn't get to watch any of it. Um, I know that uh, Middleton um, pretty much dominated their two games in that tournament, 8-2 uh, to over Anago and then 8-2 to two over Everest the second day. <laughs> representing the Madison area uh, very well up there. 
Uh, and we heard t Tony mention something about the Culver's tournament, which happens down in Madison every year. And that's one of those three day tournaments. And, you know, there are some good games going on in there. Uh, Metro Lynx, who had been ranked number one, uh, ended up picking up two victories. And their, their game that they had in Central Wisconsin turned into a very good game. Uh, the Storm ended up winning that one two to one. And the Storm and St. Croix Valley met in the championship game. We've never heard those teams meeting in the championship game before, have we? <laughs> the Fusion and the St Storm. But uh, that was a game where the Fusion came up out on top two to nothing in that one. And uh, one of their players, you know, uh, their goaltender ended up putting up two shutoffs throughout the tournament and stuff. So now then there was the Notre Dame Academy uh, showdown showcase, whatever they called it this year. Um, that was a surprise. Like it wasn't not surprising to the tournament. Like all the games in that um, pretty well through were close games. Uh, two overtime games in the first round. Uh, Springs beat Chippewa Falls in overtime. Uh, Notre Dame and Wausau West had to go to a shootout uh, with Notre Dame taking that. Uh, second round, um, Springs beat Madison Edgewood 4-2. Uh, Eau Claire Memorial, who did not play their first round game, Verona had to drop out uh, the first round. They, they were back for the second and third rounds. Uh, Eau Claire Memorial advanced. They beat Notre Dame 5-4 in that second round. So then Springs and Eau Claire Memorial met in the championship game, and that one went... Um, 5-2 in favor of the old Abe's, but uh, that was a really good, a really good tournament. Um, on the boys' side in Culver's Cup, you had Madison Memorial ended up having to drop out of that that tournament. Um, but you had some good games going through there, and the championship game ended up being Sock Prairie against Marquette, and Sock Prairie came out on top in that. And you know, but you know, that was one of the themes in talking to Andrea uh, Chaffney on the phone. Uh, you know, she said, even though they had a couple teams drop out, they were doing what they could to make sure that everybody that showed up there was able to play at least three games during that tournament, even though on the boys' side and the girls' side, they had a, a one team drop out at the kind of at the last minute. But, you know, that's what happens with what everything that's going on. And then we did have a couple teams travel on over into Blaine, Minnesota, and Eau Claire North made the most of their opportunity going over there, picking up three wins and a championship on the boys' side in the Herb Brooks Holiday Classic. And then we had two girls' teams in two different brackets over there. Uh, USM Wildcats ended up going one and two as did the Western Wisconsin Stars over there. And then I believe we had one tournament on the boys' side that went on over in Milwaukee area. The, actually in Delafield, the JRM Holiday Classic. The Joe Raymond Memorial. The Joe Raymond Memorial. And I can't, off the top, I don't remember who played in that championship game. I think Waukesha I it was won it. Waukesha in Oregon. Yeah, and I think Waukesha won because we got a player of the week nomination um, 
from Waukesha. I thought they said they won that tournament. Right. Yeah, they beat. Where is it? Oh, now I lost it. Yeah, they beat Oregon um, nine to four. Nine to four. Yes. Oregon likes to score goals, but they like to give them up too. And Tyler Dale likes to score goals, and Tyler Dale likes to dish the puck too. He had, uh, yeah, he had three goals and three assists in that championship game for Waukesha. But overall, you know, it, it was a good week for with some good tournaments going on, and some good games. Uh, USM was over it on the boys' side over in a Minnesota tournament. Um, I think Fond du Lac went to Michigan for a tournament. So. Yeah, they went up to Houghton to play at uh, Michigan Tech's rink. <coughs> All right. Um, so those were the tournaments which kind of comprised our games of the week. Um, we also had some players of the week coming out of, well, Players of the week or a week and a half. There were some games before Christmas. Um, but the Radisson Madison players of the week. Uh, Dell, why don't you tell us who they are? Well, the Wyndham Garden Madison Fitchburg players. No, 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 no. Radisson Madison. The Radisson Madison Fitchburg players of the week. I was going by my show notes in front of me. But the Radisson Madison Fitchburg players of the week. On the boys' side comes a defenseman out of Wanakee. On the previous Tuesday, he had two assists and a 5-3 to three win over Verona. On Tuesday last week, he had two goals, two assists, and a 5-1 to one win over Amory. And on Wednesday, he had two assists and a 5 to nothing win over West Salem. And McCarthy Reed is our boys' player of the week. And then we'll jump on over to the girls' side. And we have a goaltender as the player of the week. She did play in three games. Unfortunately, the stats for one of the games isn't list hasn't been entered yet. Uh, but um, she did have 35 saves and a one nothing win over Wisconsin Valley, and 75 saves in a two goals allowed in a three to nothing loss to Fusion. That third goal was an empty netter but 110 saves in two games. And that goes to Zoe Cole of the Brookfield Glaciers Co-op uh, gets the girls player of the week. And that's the Radisson Madison Fitchburg players of the week. But we did have some other uh, players that had been nominated. And we want to thank the coaches and stuff for those nominations. Um, unfortunately, these, uh, unfortunately, these are the two that stood out and not to, say the others didn't stand out but these ones really jumped out with the most votes is mccarthy reed in the vein of uh jason and keegan ford weren't they both i don't know i haven't got for, to see weren't they both Wanakee defensemen for wanaki who put up gobs of points i know for sure keegan was a defenseman i don't remember if jason was i think jason was a forward keegan was a defenseman <laughs> I know Jason um, played forward when he was with UW. 
um, and Keegan was in the back, but I don't know that they were, I didn't, I don't remember that they, they were actually both four defensemen in, in high school or, or not. Anyway, that'll get us up to our next segment, uh, which is the top sixes, which generally gets a little shake up um, once these holiday tournaments have hit and teams play teams from different sections that they wouldn't normally see. And we get to get a little more overall picture of the state in general, which didn't really change the top of the division one at all. Nope. Uh, the first five are the same as they were two weeks ago. Uh, Hudson, Eau Claire Memorial, Nina Hortonville, Menasha, Notre Dame Academy, and Madison Edgewood. Uh, the only changes this week, uh, Wanakee uh, took the sixth spot and uh, Verona dropped off the list. Uh, D2, the top two are the same. St. Mary Springs and Oregon. Rice Lake moves up from fifth to third. Uh, New Richmond is still fourth. Amory moves back from third to fifth. And then Somerset takes up the sixth spot. Uh, they were unranked last week. And Baldwin Woodville had that spot last time. And then, then the girls, all hell broke loose. Um, considering that uh, other than uh, Hudson's girls, every team that was on the top six was either in the Wisconsin Prep Hockey Girls Holiday Classic or in the uh, Culver's Cup. Uh, so that made for a good shakeup. Fox Cities moves up three spots uh, to number one. Bay Area moves up one spot to number two. Central Wisconsin drops back one spot to number three. Uh, the St. Croix Valley Fusion, who were not ranked, jumped into the fourth spot. The Madison Metro Lynx dropped from first to fifth, and the Western Wisconsin Stars uh, dropped from fifth to sixth. So a lot of shakeup on the girls' side. Uh, pretty much the same teams, um, other than you know St. Croix Valley coming in and Hudson coming out, uh, but that's just a, a factor of there being six teams instead of seven, since they are both next out um, on each of the last two lists. So really, yeah, the same teams on the girls' side, but they're all shuffled around. Um, talking to one coach when he sent in his votes, uh, he said that he really does feel like the Madison Metro Lynx are uh, the best, deepest team in the state. But uh, with the schedule they played, he, did, he didn't feel rank, he could rank them at number one. Um, and then after, you know, the, they had their loss to the, to the Storm uh, in that tournament, and that gave him, you know, a reason where he could, like, move them down um he's looking forward to them going forward um hopefully you know playing some stronger teams because they've had a pretty soft schedule so far but <clears throat> that'll change that changes for everybody and he did feel like they were still the deepest team in the state which is kind of scary uh considering just how good fox cities and bay area were in that tournament over there and how good the storm and the fusion proved to be down at the culver's cup uh, if the Madison Metro Lynx are fifth and they're the deepest team in the state, uh, we're looking for some pretty good sectionals and a really good girls' state tournament this year. You're, you're looking at D2. I see Amory drop two spots, and I don't know how much, you know, that loss to Wanakee actually hurt them. But, you know, if people are just looking at that score, you're, you're talking about a strong Wanakee team. And, you know, Amory really, you know, you know it's going to stay, stay up there, right? I look for them to actually move back up in the next couple of weeks again with their schedules. The, the, the D2 bracket last year never stabilized the way we see D1 and girls typically do. Um, it was generally the same teams, 
as the season went on, but even towards the end of the year, there were a couple new teams jumping in and teams dropping out. The T2 bracket uh, or ranking has just never stabilized the way the other ones do. Um, I think it comes from the fact that the, you know, those are small schools. So there's, you know, very few of them are going to be, you know, three deep lines uh, of hockey. So there's going to be some losses that they take. They probably shouldn't. And there's going to be some wins that they pick up that, uh, are a little surprising. So uh, D2, you're going to see a little bit more jumping around. Do you think part of that comes from them playing the D1 schools and, you know, they're taking those losses and people aren't really, you know, you know while the coaches realize it, is there's a difference, you know, they're still seeing kind of the win-loss and the differential, and that takes a little bit of effect on it? You know, I don't know, because Rice Lake has been constantly ranked and um, – Obviously, they I don't remember how last year's state tournament went. They went to the state tournament the first year of D2. I think they were part of it last year. I don't remember who played the semifinals anymore because they weren't all in one location. Um, and they're you know, the record wasn't fantastic because they played Hudson twice and they played Oakland Memorial twice and they played Oakland North twice, they played Chippewa Falls twice. Um, because they play in the Big Rivers Conference, and you know, that the four teams I just mentioned are all big, strong D1 teams. And then you have Rice Lake, New Richmond, uh, Menominee are all uh, D2 teams in that conference. So, uh, you know, there's a good mix there. Um, the Badgerland Conference has a mix of D1 and D2 teams. The Wisconsin Valley, uh, to a lesser extent, has a mix of D1 and D2 teams. It's really only the only conference that's pretty much strictly D2 off the top of my head is like the Great Northern. Um and the problem, I think the Northwest Icemen are D1. So even like the middle border is not a, a strictly D2 conference. I think the Great Northern Conference is probably the only one that's a strictly a D2 conference. And, you know, we've kind of have been, go we're getting close to the halfway point of the season. I mean, you, you figure in next, here we are in another month, we're going to be starting to look at the, uh, playoffs and everything starting and i happen to be looking at the schedule today and i go poor northern edge have only played three games this late into the season and you know a lot of that has to do with the covid having gone around through their team and everything but you know trying to make up a lot of the games that they've missed and everything is going to make for a hectic second half of the season for them well i'm sure they're not going to make up all of them. There's a lot. That's a lot to make up at this point. Alrighty. Um, coming up this week, we are going to uh, make Dell do all the work this week. Um, where are you going to go this week, Dell? Well, Friday evening, I'm going to take a ride over to Circle. Uh, Circus City, and since the Circus World Museum's closed, I figure I'll take it in a hockey game over at Pierce Park and see the Rock County Fury take on the Badger Lightning. And then Saturday on the boys' side, I was told that Elvis is celebrating his birthday at Key. and so I wanted to go see if I can see Elvis uh, watching the Janesville take on Key at the Ice Pond of Key. Oh, then you're, you're going to get to see um, 
Yeah, the one person on my list that I forgot to talk about from the uh, tournament um, that 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 I was at, um, which which would be Olivia Cronin, the the Rock County goalie. Um, as we mentioned during that uh, when we were talking about the tournament, you know, Rock County they they went. Um, their first game, they ended up having they tied at two to two and had to go a couple of overtimes, and that kind of put them behind, um, you know, because they they were light on numbers to begin with. But in that two to two game, um, that was against the Eau Claire area Stars, that one that went overtime, the the, the two overtimes. Uh, I don't see any game details on that one. Huh. Um, I, 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 as I recall, they were outshot something 60 to 20, something like that. She, she kept them in that game. Um, she's a solid goaltender. Uh, she kept her team in games. She keeps her teams in games. They probably have no business being in, but, uh, you'll, you'll have fun watching her play. I got to see her play against the Metro Lynx earlier this season. And uh, she, I think she had 22 sa- saves in the first period of that game. And I go, that's, she's, she has a fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, like the Hayward game coming out of that overtime game for Rock County, they lost four to one. They were outshot 54 to seven. Like, they were, they were not prepared to play another hockey game. Oh, she had yeah. 50 I, saves. I, um, and they, they were, yeah, because they were, um, to keep on schedule, they were, they were not resurfacing between the first and second period. Um, so, yeah, so Rock County played, played three periods, an eight-minute overtime, a five-minute overtime, did a shootout, um, came back, and then, you know, that that's the second period of that game, as I recall, they didn't get a shot on that. Um, Rock County didn't in that that game against Hayward. Uh, yeah, they 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 were gassed. <laughs> well, and, and they are playing with about what, maybe maybe ten eleven skaters. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a they didn't have they didn't have a whole lot of extra bodies on the bench. Well, that's a nice, like Rock County and the Badger Lightning are, are, you know, is our game of the week this week. Rock County has, I believe, 11 skaters and a goalie on their roster. The Badger Lightning have 15 skaters and a goalie on their roster. The Badger Lightning were, I mean, we did a story on it, was it two years ago? Like, they were ready to, like, fold up the co-op because they didn't have enough people. Um, and then a, a coach came in and, and made it happen. And they're still they're still there, and, and you know Rock County was just in the state tournament a couple of years ago. They brought five bands to the state tournament, um, and you know this year they've got you know eleven skaters and a goalie. Um, so you know we're yeah, hoping I, that I, you know, those teams if I remember get, get correctly, this rebound. If I remember correctly, with that Badger Lightning a couple of years ago was when uh, a few years ago was Sarah Durst, uh, a former player, came in and coached them for that one year. And then uh, she actually left and joined the Marine Corps after co- when that season was over. 
and she's still serving in the United States Marines. And then uh, Rick Kavner has since come back and is now the head coach of them for the last couple of years. So, uh, but yeah, I think it should be a good close game and everything, which is what we're wanting for our games of the week. You know, is an interesting game. Yes. Um, yeah. And let's see. That's uh, so sweet. Oh, yeah, okay. You did cover that. Okay. Um, final thoughts. I think, I think Dell, you've been officially uh, nominated um, to encourage about the uh, Hobie Baker award. Yes. Um, I'm sure all the coaches today probably received another email from Jim Hayes uh, wanting them to all the coaches to send in a nomination for the Hobie Baker award. Only requirement is, is that it's got to be a senior on your team and, you know, that you nominate them, nominated them and they are good character. And the, we do have an article up on the website that's got the links to be able to go and uh, do the online vote uh, submitting of your player. And there's really no reason that we shouldn't have 100% participation unless you don't have any seniors on your team. All righty. Um... Well, I'm not seeing that link on our site. Uh, maybe it fell off. I, I copied it and made an article just before our meeting last week. Okay. I'll do something to it to get it pushed back up to the front page then. Um, we can make it the button now that holiday tournaments are over. Oh, there you go. Bill will do that. He'll make it the button up in the top right corner. So all you got to do is go to the top right corner. It'll say uh, Hobie Baker Character Award. Or that's probably too much to put in there, but it'll say something like that. Um, yeah. Anything else, gentlemen? Um, for those that knew uh, the situation uh, with the Ham with the Hammett family that they went through this uh, summer, uh, they got good news last week for for Lori. Uh, and everything, and just wanted to let everybody know that Lori's doing well. Yes, and MJ has been taking good care of her. That's why he's not been here um, with us for many of these many of these shows because he's got more important duties than talking with us. And for once, that's actually true because you know we've said it before, but. <laughs> I'm just giving MJ a hard time. All right. Well, there it is. High school character award. Just didn't say Hobie Baker on it. Oh, that's it. It's in our slideshow, but not in any of the links down below. So you didn't, uh, I, whatever. Okay. Um, well, then that's that. Uh, we'll put that link up there. Um, see you around the rink this week. Uh, everything should be getting back to normal. Kids are back in school. Everything's uh, back on track. Dell's going to cover our games of the week, and we'll get back to normal again then next week. Well, I should say, Bill, you say something clever to wrap it up. Wrap it up. 
Good night, everybody. <laughs> well, say good night, Phil. Good night, Mary good night, Ellen. <laughs> You've been listening to This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey for some reason. <laughs> <laughs>